We recording. Recording. <laughs> it's like that Rico look, I'm sure. Commercial. <laughs> <laughs> the commercial. I don't know why, like, Adam Sandler. It's a commercial. It's a good commercial. It's one of my favorite commercials. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good commercial. Oh, I talked to Moose. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome in to the Face of Football Fathers Podcast. <laughs> okay, dude, fucking slurping <laughs> on the intro. <laughs> God damn, dude. Oh, all right. You got foamy. That's a bigger beer box. <laughs> slurping up this beer directly into the microphone. <laughs> so just killing the intro. Or heightening it. <laughs> you might have made it better. You might have to do that every time. <laughs> it's an appealing sound for sure. <laughs> uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we are missing uh, the one father of the actual... Uh, yes, the one actual father of the show, uh, Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. Uh, He's on daddy duty again. <laughs> He's, in fact, being a father, <laughs> which is why he couldn't attend... Uh, this recording but all good in the hood uh me and the herbs got you covered on starts and sits of the week for week seven unbelievable but here we are um so yeah that's the plan we're going to touch on some of the news that's happened uh go over this thursday night game that just finished up uh, the Jags versus the Saints, and then which uh, was really boring for about three quarters. Yeah, which is that's pretty much what primetime games have been uh, all year. Um, yeah, at least Thursday. And Monday. I feel like most Sunday night games have been pretty good, but Thursday and Monday have been just duds. Yeah. Well, I saw actually. Um, Warren Sharp of the Twitterverse posted something uh, that was pretty interesting. I thought you were going to say Warren Sapp, and then you said Warren Sharp and got me all kinds of confused. <laughs> I was like, you mean Shannon Sharp? No, this this one's a skinny white guy. So no, His no, name's Warren? Warren Sharp okay. on Twitter or the X or whatever. Um, But I thought it was interesting because it does feel like scoring overall has been down like f- for just football in general, especially red zone scoring, but he compiled some of the facts. Let me find it here. Um, so passing touchdowns um, in 186 games played uh, in 2018 was 328. In 2023, it's 245. Damn. Which was a 25% reduction. Um, Las Vegas odd makers average point total weeks one through six is the lowest it's ever been since 2011. You know, forty four point one, and the unders have hit at sixty one point five percent, which is the highest percentage since nineteen ninety one. That's honestly that's pretty crazy, and but it does make sense. I've heard a, I've heard this said throughout a lot of different talk shows on the NFL, and 
because the game has basically legislated towards ex, you know extreme offense, the best way that defenses are countering it, they're playing shell defenses. It's all cover two and cover four, and keep everyone in front of you, come up, make the tackle, avoid the big play. Whereas for the last basically 10 years, you've seen um, a lot of cover three and a lot of cover one. And, you know, and part of that is, you know, there's trends in the NFL. Like, everyone knows that half the teams in the league try to go to a cover three type defense after the Seahawks Legion of Boom because they were so good at it. Everyone's like, like, hey, if you get the right guys, we can make this work. And, like, you have, but, like, it's, you have to have the perfect guys to make it work. And so having a shell defense where you're just eliminating big plays, it makes it so the offenses are clearly stymied. Yeah. And no, that actually makes sense because, Additionally, um, 20 plus yard gain rates in weeks one through six are the lowest they've ever been since 2009 at uh, 5.6%. So, you know, because defenses are playing that shell and keeping the offense, keeping everything in front of them, it is taking away those big plays. Yeah. I mean, and you're forcing quarterbacks who have gotten used to be able to chuck the ball down the field, they're being forced to check it down. And a lot of quarterbacks can't adjust to that because they're so used to being able to hit the big play and they get aggressive towards it because they're like, this isn't happening. We have to make a big play happen. And so then they force balls. Yeah. You, you don't want to force balls. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to be careful when you're forcing balls. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's so that's from uh, your boy Sharp. Warren on the Twitter. Um, good follow. You should follow him. Yeah. Uh, Warren, also- I, I apologize for the slight I said that when that your name is Warren and you're white because that was some awesome statistics you threw out there. <laughs> so I apologize if there's any slight. I am, again, I apologize. You are in the right. I am in the wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Go follow him, the white Warren on Twitter. Good follow. He's <laughs> good follow. <laughs> You should also follow us at the FF Fathers. We are not a good follow, but uh, you should follow us anyway, just for the shits of it. Um, all right. Just really self-deprecating there. It's awesome. So speaking uh, to those you know, historical facts in week one through nine or six, um, you know, the game tonight kind of followed suit. Uh, for most of the game, the red zone offenses were pretty bad. And, you know, even though the Jaguars jumped out to that 24-6 lead, they didn't really play that well, in my opinion. You know, Well, I mean, one of those touchdowns came on a pick six. Yeah. The offense was okay. Um, Travis Etienne was good. Uh, you know, apparently Trevor Lawrence wasn't hurt at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I don't know how much bullshit that all was because he actually ran for a career high uh, 60 rushing yards. Um, put up 18 fantasy points, so he came through if you stuck with him. Uh, Travis Etienne obviously had a big game, but Calvin Ridley, uh, zero targets through the first half. Uh, And, you know, tonight I tried out the old Thursday Night Football Prime Vision broadcast. Yeah, the the All-22, the coaches film essentially. Yes, really the only reason I watched it was because of the All-22, just to watch a live game in that setting. Yeah. Honestly, I had never seen it too, and we were watching before we came on. It's really cool. Um, I think they have a little too much on the graphics. Like, I'd rather yeah. not see guys like being having the routes traced as they're running them. I'd rather just see it as it 
out as it you know plays out. Right. But overall, pretty cool experience, especially if you're guys like us who yeah really dive deep into the game. It's nice to be able to you know see the receivers running their route. Um, I feel like I had a better feel on you know who the, who Lawrence and and Breeze were targeting or looking at. Car? Breeze or yeah, Breeze. <laughs> God, please come back, Breeze. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Saints could be would be just dying to get Drew Breeze back. He was up in Day a box. Daydreaming here. He was up in a box. He actually every time they, I swear to God every time they showed him he was eating something. He's hungry. He wants to get back on that field. He's trying to bulk up. Um, but no, I mean the all twenty two is cool. Usually we use it to you know when you're watching film and you're kind of focused on one player at that time. But it's nice to be able to watch a game like that. I wish there was just a broadcast option of just all 22 without all the bullshit yeah and let's get rid of sam because you know yeah sam yeah i don't know man sam Sam wasn't doing it for me schweitzman or something like that is the last name but every time he came on i'm like i don't need this yeah like honestly like everything he's saying they also everything all everything he would say they'd all just throw up as a stat on the bottom of the screen right it's like you could just throw up the stat i don't actually need to hear him talk at all we don't need to hear him telling us, hey, they're trying to score touchdowns. <laughs> field <laughs> yeah. goals don't win games. Yeah, he literally did say, field goals don't win games, <laughs> touchdown wins games. We're like, wow. Damn, thanks, man. Jesus. Is that big, what we're doing here, trying to score big touchdowns? Big brain Sam here. Uh, other side of the ball, Taysom Hill. Come on. You know, he's probably going to be picked up now next week in I mean, we waivers. we mentioned him last week in waivers. Like, hey, maybe yeah. he's starting to kind of come along. I don't know, obviously, this is two weeks in a row where he set a career high in receiving yards. Yeah, they are finding a way of getting him the ball that we have not seen in the past, and the and he's made a, a couple of really nice catches. And after that Foster Moreau drop, yeah, they probably should have thrown. They probably should have thrown. <laughs> Taysom Hill probably catches that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I don't know. I mean, my, might as well just have him out there all the time. He should just be your starting tight end. Like, I don't think he's that much of a drop off in blocking than a Foster Moreau. Jawan Johnson doesn't exist anymore. So. I mean, Taysom Hill's probably stronger than Foster Moreau. <laughs> I mean, he looks they look exactly the same, you know, as far as build and they're white and so <laughs> there's a lot of white comments so far in this episode. What's happening? I don't know. Trey's not even here. <laughs> it's weird. We haven't we haven't even dropped the signature. I've taken over the Yeah. The <laughs> we haven't even dropped the signature sounds about white. Uh yeah, um, you know, Derek Carr was terrible as normal. Uh, hey, but he, he's he's one tough hombre, according to Al Michaels. one tough hombre. Yeah. Uh, Chris Olave, what did he do? Not Nothing. a lot. Michael Thomas did have a hell of a catch for yeah, a touchdown. That's true. And it was a good throw by Derek Carr. So. One of the finest of the game. Um, going back to talking about the Jaguars offense. And we were talking about the, all these shell coverage we had. They only had a couple of big plays. Every big play they had, though, was against man coverage. There was a couple of really nice Trevor Lawrence runs against man coverage because no one was watching the quarterback. Yeah. And then the touchdown to Christian Kirk, where it was like 40 yards of yak yardage, was off of man coverage. And he just kind of slithered through the whole coverage of the defense. Had a couple of ni- decent blocks. I mean, Travis Etienne came up, came back, and got a, got a good block on. But, I mean... That's what it comes down to. You can see, like, you yeah. play man coverage, which uh, cover one is mostly man coverage, and cover three has a little bit of man coverage to it. Like, people are getting burned. Yeah. 
Yep, uh, 100%. Alvin Kamara, uh, Kamara uh, 23.3 fantasy points um, or somewhere around there, depending on your settings. But, uh, you know, 14 targets again through the air. So, I mean, he's a, an absolute must start. Well, Derek Carr has been point. a dump off king all season, and Kamara is just eating it all up. Yeah. And we will. If he could just find to eat the fucking end zone. I know. That's the tough part. But, you know, putting up 20 plus points without. Without scoring a touchdown, zone, yeah, that's, that's huge. That's pretty nice. So, um, but just to finish up the Thursday night game, look, I, you know, Calvin Ridley's getting into the you can't even start him territory. Yeah, I mean, it it was bad. Like watching the all twenty two, you know, the the whole game, especially in the first half, it was his. And I don't know if it was a game plan thing or how they just planned on going into this game. Because uh, it is a tough pass defense, but um, I mean, Christian Kirk was the first target, and then Evan Ingram was the second, and then Jamal Agnew was the third. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's. Um, I mean, maybe it's still a rapport thing a between. Scary. It could be a rapport thing still between him and Lawrence, but you mentioned it while we watched the game. It's like every time you see him, it's like they're just sending him on deep routes. It's like, yeah. It's like the deep posts and a and a nine route, and you're just like. And then they finally threw one up to him, and he almost made it probably the catch, catch of the year <laughs> if, if he would have stayed in bounds. I mean, so. yeah, I mean, his toe barely goes out of bounds. And it's just like one of the things, like, one of the things that made Calvin, di- Calvin really so dynamic coming out of college and when he was in Atlanta is that he was a phenomenal route runner. Why are we just sending him on deep routes? Let him go and, po- and toy with a DB and get open. Yeah, I feel like it had to be a game plan thing just because, you know, Marshawn Lattimore and Saints defense who just – hasn't been beat through the air all year, but they really haven't played that many good quarterbacks, if any. If you look at their schedule, it's like they really haven't played anyone. So I don't know. Um, I I don't see really how you can start Calvin Ridley next week, yeah. given that, you know. Honestly, I wouldn't have started him this week, but, you know, it's six teams on by. A lot of people, have, like I have Calvin Ridley in a couple of leagues and yeah. I didn't have a fucking choice. You yeah. know, <laughs> like you're, I mean, la- last week, like right. I was in a, like last week, uh, my two top receivers in this one main league was Garrett Wilson and Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Um, obviously you can't do much with Garrett Wilson because with Aaron Rodgers playing four snaps. Right. Um, but last week I sat them both and still and ended up winning my week just based off of guys I could throw in there. This week with the buys I couldn't with Calvin Ridley. Um, I had to throw him in there, and obviously, yeah. you hope that he does something, and he did absolutely nothing instead. Yeah. Um. And then in a full PPR league, he got me one point five points. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Makes zero sense, and it just and it hurts even more because of the fact that most people couldn't bench him. Like, yeah, if you had the luxury of benching him. You know, hopefully you did, but for the most part, everyone, all the buys, you know, all the injuries, it's been tough. And speaking of next week, uh, more buys to come. So, or this week, yeah, we're I'm yeah. all confused. What fucking week are we in? Yeah, uh, week seven. There are six <laughs> buys this week. Um, there's one more week later in the year that has another six teams on buy, and those are the your Sweet. two rough weeks. Um. Why are we having some weeks where there's two teams on by and then some weeks where there's eight half the league on by? I don't I, understand that. I I don't I don't either. Obviously, I think the biggest part is that the NFL has to try to schedule these home and away games 
versus other events as, as well. And so this this, this you know, up in the air type thing. Plus, they're the more games they play overseas, the yeah, the harder it is to schedule these buys because most teams aren't most teams are getting a buy after playing overseas because it's so hard to readjust to coming back to the states. In the next few years, I think there will be a second buy week added. I think if you, especially because they still plan on adding an an eighteenth game, um, I think at that point, to, oh, that happens for sure. A second, I mean, it, I mean, yeah. it's it's still probably going to happen. Yeah, I think the one way to make sure the players are happy is like give us a second bye week. Oh, for sure. Which, I mean, you kind of have to. I mean, that's a lot of <laughs> that's a lot of football games. Yeah. So. And especially when you're going deep in the playoffs, and sure, that kind of sucks because it then means that we're not playing the Super Bowl till like the third week of February. Right. But. Honestly, at the same time, though, that's just more football for us. That's true. So I'm not going to be opposed to more games and the season being longer because I get really fucking tired of the middle of the summer, the dog days of summer, as they call it, when the only thing on TV is Major League Baseball, and I couldn't give a shit except for (laughs) watching the Mariners. Yeah, uh, that's true. You know, more football, good for us. Um, All right. Let's uh, move on into our starts and sits of the week. Uh, <laughs> we don't have drops, so <laughs> mouth drop. Uh, those teams that are on by Carolina Panthers, Houston Texans, Tennessee Titans, New York Jets, Dallas Cowboys, and the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, so a lot of injuries, a lot of buys. Um if you have certain starter sick questions, again, you can hit us up at the FF Fathers on Twitter or Instagram, and uh, we're happy to answer those for you. Um, let's start with sits, or I mean starts or sits. What do you want to start with? Let's just start with quarterback. Okay. <laughs> uh, I like to take it position by position. Yeah, let's start with quarterback. My start of the week at quarterback uh, is going to be Brock Purdy versus the Minnesota Vikings. That's the third time this year that he's been listed as hard week. I had two of them back to back weeks, and he killed it. Yeah, I bet you he kills it again this week. I, I, Before you even go into your explanation, he's probably going to kill it again this week. No, I think so. I mean, and look, it's a lot of people are probably looking for streaming options. Um, you know, Joe Burrow out, um, C.J. Stroud, Dak Prescott. Um, and some other injuries. So, I mean, Brock Purdy, I think, has a solid matchup against the Vikings. They're giving up uh, the eighth most points to quarterbacks in fantasy so far this year. Um, he's thrown 12 touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, you know, um, doesn't turn the ball over very much. Um, he has actually the highest EPA per drop back of any quarterback in the league at .38. Um, EPA? Don't just throw that out there. See. What's that? EPA, what does that stand for? You tell me. Effective. I don't, I'm honestly not sure, actually. EPA is a new one. Uh, Effective passive it's earned, passing accuracy? Earned points per attempt. Ah. Oh, so, fan, so fantasy. Or expected what? points per attempt. Okay. I'm sorry. So that's fantasy number. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I was always going back to like traditional it's a fantasy quarterback stat. numbers. Gotcha. I like that stat. Uh, highest in the league. Right ahead of Tua. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff. So what that basically means is he's effective when he does throw the ball. So uh, yeah. Christian McCaffrey dealing with the oblique injury. Is he going to play? I don't know. 
No one I knows. Mean, they do get till Monday night, and so far, reports are pretty good. They think that he, there's a pretty good chance of him playing. Yeah, I, I, he probably does. But, uh, you know, is he limited on snaps? I don't know. But I think, you know, th- against this Minnesota defense is a defense that Brock Purdy can attack and have success against. Uh, the 49ers implied point total of 24 is actually the highest um, in the league for this week. So Vegas expects them to score points. I, I expect Brock Purdy to to be involved in at least a couple touchdowns. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the dude, he's just efficient is what all it comes down to. Like, he always makes the right read, um, and that's great. I mean, honestly, it wasn't until last week against the Browns that he finally showed that he's not a robot and that he's human and can have a bad game. Yeah. So, I just mean, I don't mean just like, he's had like... I mean, he was okay, uh, you know, in that loss. He drove him down the field... Yeah, I mean, they had a chance to, to put him win. in position. In terms of, like, being an NFL quarterback, yeah, he got him in position to win. In terms of a fantasy quarterback, though, he only scored seven points. Right, yeah, uh, yeah. I so, but, I mean, for the most part, he's had, like, not great games. He's never had, like, a bad, bad game in his entire career so far. Um, and last week was the first one. He's a great processor. Makes good decisions. Absolutely. Uh, my start of the week, I'm going to go with Geno Smith. Uh, playing the Cardinals. Obviously, Geno has not played up to the standards that he set last year when he was the NFL's comeback player of the year, um, was a top 10 quarterback last year for, for us. And, I mean, honestly, no one expected that he would have the year he did last year. But this is far as just not the same. Um, he's still throwing the ball really accurately. He's won, like, I think, top five in uh, completion percentage in the league. But he's just not seeing the field as well. Um, he has two games this year already with less than 115 passing yards. His uh, touchdown interception ratio right now is only five to three, so he's just not giving the production that we saw from last year. But I see that changing this week. The Cardinals' defense is terrible. It doesn't matter again what position; they're just bad. Um, they're playing at home, so he's gonna have have the home field field crowd behind him. Uh, the Cardinals get over twenty points a week, uh, so I mean they're just. Ex- it's almost like you have to just assume Geno Smith is going to have a good game. Yeah, The defense is also dead last in the league in pressure percentage at only 15% pressure rate on the on the year. That's going to be really good news for the Seahawks offensive, alignment, offensive line that's been beat up and for the most part have held up, even playing a ton of backups, but they were really exposed last week against a good pass rush team in, in the Bengals. So the fact that Geno's going to have time back there to actually process the field and get the ball out of his hands I expect Gino to have a gem of a game. Uh, I do too. I mean, <laughs> Gino is going to be my start of the week, honestly, uh, or I guess stream of the week. I don't know. I mean, he's probably on waivers. Um, that's kind of how we look at the quarterback start of the week, anyways. Like, who's someone that you can stream? Um, but yeah, I mean, because the top ten guys in fantasy at quarterback are all pretty much yeah, set. they're on rosters. So, anyways, Gino was going to be mine until I got on the dock and saw you had him already. So. <laughs> Yeah, in fact, in one league, I have Trevor Lawrence, and I was kind of busy doing stuff before the game. wasn't really sure um, if Trevor Lawrence was going to play or not, but um, Gino and Brock Purdy are both available in that league. I did pick up Gino um, and benched Trevor Lawrence. I'm still not sure who I'm going to start, whether it's Gino or Brock, but I'm leaning. Oh, Gino. Wait, did you pick them? Did you pick them both up? No, Brock's still available, but no one's going to pick him up. 
at this point. Right. I, I, I guess that's fair because you've already benched Lawrence. So you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Now, granted, it's a one QB league. It's yeah. You know. Now, granted, I mean, Trevor ended up having a decent game. He was like just under 19 points. Yep. Yep. For so. sure. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, who who knows? But I mean, I of think of course he did. <laughs> It's the one week I didn't start him. He scores the most fantasy points he's had all year. <laughs> and, hey, you know what, man? I was with you though because before we were supposed, we were going to record last night on Wednesday. We weren't able to get make it work out, so we were recording on Thursday. And before we recorded tonight, Trevor Lawrence was going to be my sit of the week. I will admit that. Clearly, I would have been wrong. Yeah. Um. Luckily, I get a mulligan on it, and I can choose somebody else. Yeah. I mean. You know, it's kind of tough on the West Coast. Like, the game starts at 5, whatever, 10, 15. Um, you're doing shit. Like, we're working. We're, like, trying to do shit. And so yeah. I'm, like, seeing this stuff about Trevor Lawrence. And I'm like, I don't know if he's going to play, dude. It doesn't sound like it. You know, like, game time decision. And if he takes one hit, he's probably going to go out. Yeah. You know, so I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to play with it. I have a pretty good team in that league. So I figured... I just need a quarterback to have a decent day, which, yeah. you know, of and course, so Trevor much, Lawrence did. And so but. much about your line decisions is risk versus reward. Yeah. And playing the Saints defense, coming off the knee injury, there was a, it was a risky play with Trevor Lawrence. And obviously, it would have worked out if you, kept, if you kept in your lineup, and that's great. But, you know, it's it's really balancing that risk and reward. So that's why... I think most people, because I was in the same same boat, that I sat Trevor Lawrence in in a league, and hopefully it works out. But um, I also had another league where I didn't have a choice, and I started Trevor Lawrence, and that's also working out. So <laughs> hey, look at that <laughs> fantasy so, football, baby. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way that goes. God. So uh, going to the sits of the sits of the week, since I already mentioned that Trevor Lawrence was going to be my sit, and I got to choose somebody else. Um, going a little more risky here. I'm going to go with Jared Goff against uh, the yeah. against the Ravens. Um, you made a excellent argument about golf in away games last week. It actually didn't pan out. He had over no, it did not. He had over twenty points against the the Buccaneers on the road last week. But yes, this week, <laughs> but but this week he's playing the Ravens, which are an even better defense than the Buccaneers. Yeah, and the stats you gave last week still hold up. Right. Um, the Ravens are giving up one only ten and a half points to quarterbacks uh, on the season. It's the best number in fantasy. And if you include last week, now, Goff still has only scored more than 15 points twice in his last 11 road games going back to last season. I think those stats still hold up. Obviously, I mean, who knows? Last week could have been an absolute outlier. And again, he's going into Baltimore, great home field advantage, and again, a better defense than he's playing in Tampa Bay. So we'll see what happens this week, but Jared Goff is going to be my sit of the week. Yeah, you know, I mean, he might just surprise us again, but and Jared Goff has been playing really well. Uh, Absolutely, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. Yeah, uh, but I do like the pick. It is a tough, tough matchup, and he's away again. So <clears throat> let's see if he can do it again. Um, we'll see. Um, my sit of the week is going to be Kirk. Cousins versus the 49ers. Um, you know, I with all the buys, uh, I'm thinking there might be some people out there weighing the option of should they play Kirk Cousins against the 49ers or not. I'm here to say you should not if you can. You know, if guys like Geno or Brock Purdy are available, I would rather play those guys over Kirk Cousins this week. 
The Niners, they've allowed just 201 passing yards per game and have only given up five passing touchdowns in six weeks. Um, and if you haven't heard, Justin Jefferson is not playing. So, um, you know, last week, uh, Kirk Cousins without Justin Jefferson, he put up his his only second um, – his second single-digit fantasy uh, game game of the year. So, obviously, it has a big effect on Kirk Cousins' fantasy uh, relevance. Um, the Niners, as a defense, have yielded the fourth-fewest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. They also generate pressure at the sixth-highest rate in the league. Uh, you know, so it's just a really good defense coming off a bad loss. They're probably going to be pretty riled up and uh and want to shit on someone so and i think they will do that to the minnesota vikings so i would not start kirk cousins yeah i mean kirk again he's just at that the same thing he's always been i mean a little i feel like it's been a little more up and down this year but he's just consistently a top 10 quarterback every single freaking year and no one gives him the respect that is probably due when it comes to fantasy wise <laughs> um, I mean, when you look at the uh, actual like NFL quarterback play, he's not the best, but he he just produces stats. Yeah, he has been a been a top eleven quarterback in seven of the last nine years, and one of those years he missed three games because of injury. So realistically, you can say it's seven out of the last eight years when he's played the full season that he's been a QB one, and no one ever drafts him as a QB one. Unless you really punt the position, it's, right? It's just saying the guy, in terms of fantasy purposes, is one of the most consistent entities in the NFL. He is. Uh, we talk about it all the time, you know. But uh, I wouldn't go with him this week <laughs> against the Niners. <laughs> Who's your? Uh... Oh no, we're done. We got to move on to running backs. <laughs> we're going to running backs. Here we go. Come on, keep up. All right, running back uh, start of the week. Mine is going to be Brian Robinson. Yeah, not not very flashy is what I mean, it is, but with but, all the injuries, with all the buys. But honestly, it could be flashy because you're picking a guy that has not been there consistently so far this year. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I'm saying as a player, not very flashy. <laughs> like, not super exciting. Like I never get excited to put Brian Robinson into my starting lineup, but it's a, you know, he's – he is the number one running back here, and, and they love him, and they give him the ball all the time. Um, and he's playing against the New York Giants, who are allowing the fifth most points to the running back position. Um, and, you know, looking at Brian Robinson's game log, he scored a touchdown in every single game this year except for one. So pretty good odds to to fall into the end zone. Um, especially against the Giants. Yeah, and I think yeah, exactly. I, I think this is going to be a positive game script for the Washington Commanders. They should, uh, you know, they should win this game honestly, and they should be leading. So, yeah. Um, I expect positive game script for them. I expect them to get a ton of carries against a bad run defense and uh, get in the end zone. So, Brian Robinson. Absolutely. I mean, the two games that he didn't score a touchdown in were also the two games he played the least amount of snaps. He only played 36 and 30% of snaps those two games. Every other game, that he's been over 50%. 
And even then, I think that he should be on the field more often than that. He's by far their best runner. Antonio Gibson might as well be irrelevant. Like, there's no point, excuse me, even putting him into the lineup. No. Like, even, I mean, like, not your fantasy lineup. I mean, the commander should not have him in their lineup at all. Yeah, just take him off the team. Like, you're not using him. No. Trade him, cut him. They should, Brian Robinson should really be looking, should be going towards like an 80% snap share. He's that much better of a running back than Antonio Gibson is. And even then, he's working more and more into the passing game, which yeah. is what supposed to be Antonio Gibson's specialty. Um, so, I mean, Brad Archer should see, should see the field more. Of course, if they had a competent head coach, they might see that, but they don't. So, <laughs> I think Robinson's had, I think he had like three targets last week through the air. I mean, so. he's had at least two targets in every game, but it's been three, four. There's one game he had no targets, but it's Buffalo, and you know how that goes. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, my start of the week, I'm going to go with Jerome Ford. Um, Ford has been the clear lead back, lead back in Cleveland since the Nick, Nick Chubb injury. Um, and honestly, he's been pretty damn solid um, throughout. This week, he's getting the Colts. They give up the 11th most points to running backs in the season. But um, really, this comes down to me is the way this game's going to play out. I expect the Browns to jump up big on the Colts because the Colts' defense overall is not great. And if they're up by two scores you know 10 17 20 points even yeah whatever it may be i feel like they're gonna be up big most of this game that means it's good that on offense they're gonna be handing the ball off and if they're handing the ball off they're handing it off to drone ford he's gonna have a big game i see him as an easy rb1 this week no i i do too uh i like Jerome ford he was gonna be one of my picks as well but uh then i got to the dock <laughs> And guess, first, guess who? First to the dock. <laughs> it may help that I also create the dock. That does help. It, it definitely does help that you don't send it out until you have <laughs> your, all your starts and sits chosen. <laughs> that definitely gives you an advantage. But I guess you get to do that if you're creating the dock. All right. Um, my sit of the week at the running back position is going to be Alexander Madison against the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, I'm sitting the entire Vikings offense. <laughs> <laughs> I really think, I honestly, I think the 49ers are going to dominate them. It's like, going to wallop. I, I think that's what we're looking at. Um, coming off the loss of the Browns and P.J. Walker. Um, it was actually probably, might get a start again. Um, oh yeah, Deshaun Watson. That's a whole other conversation we can have. <laughs> I do. Well, this <laughs> this mystery fuck. shoulder injury yeah, is he weird. Is fuck, dude. They've guaranteed to pay him nearly three hundred million dollars. You think he's gonna go out there and play when he doesn't feel like it? Like he doesn't give a fuck. Um, and we said that in the off season, and you know, it is what it is, dude. Um, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Uh, Alexander Madison for this week against the 49ers. You know, he is getting volume, which obviously you want out of uh, fantasy running backs, right? Uh, But I just don't think you can rely on any facet of the Vikings offense this week. I mean, Jordan Addison is a player I really like, uh, but even him, I'm like probably yeah. gonna bench if i can i mean he's also like he's getting inconsistent production it's really it's, he's one of those guys that's frustrating because in half the games this year they played six games he's had at least 17 carries 
and then you add on, you know, his work in the receiving game as well. But then in the other half of those games, he's had less than 11. Yeah. And it's just, it's weird, like, how that, that works out. And I I really think they're going to get shit on. Like, I would, I think Jordan Addison's a better play than Alexander Madison this week, simply for the fact that, you know, the 49ers, they're allowing the sixth fewest uh, points to fantasy running backs. They've only gave up three rushing touchdowns, you know, over six weeks. It's it's tough to score on this defense. Um, they're always in low-scoring games. And, you know, if you look at history, Alexander Madison played the Eagles and scored less than, you know, five fantasy points. So, and I view that kind of as a similar matchup, right? A really good defense that can stop the run. So, yeah, I'm I'm sitting Alexander Madison if I can. Yeah. Would you say that Addison and KJ Osborne are better plays this week than Madison? Obviously, you're still sitting you said yourself you're sitting Kirk Cousins. <clears throat> I I think I I think Minnesota's going to be losing this game uh by a decent amount. I think they're going to have a pretty negative game script. And so I would be more willing to start the receivers in hopes that garbage time production, right? Garbage time. They break one for one big play that saves their day, that type of situation. Yeah. But I'm not expecting any sort of real consistent production out of the Vikings this week. Yeah. It's fair. Fair. Um, for my still week, I'm actually going to flip the field from my Jerome Ford pick and I'm going to sit Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. Um, I mean the Browns defense is amazing. I mean, top to bottom, they're just they're just great. They've only given they've only allowed two running backs on the, on the season to reach um RB two set two status. Let alone not a single running back has reached RB one status against them so far. They've also only given up three touchdowns downs on the season. This doesn't bode well for Jonathan Taylor, who obviously is still working but himself back in the game shape after his holdout slash you know. Um, stay on the PUP list. Um, and then for Moss, who's start off the year really strong, one of the better running backs in the league, but now we're seeing a 50-50 split between him and Taylor. So neither one of these guys can even be in your lineup at this point because unless one of them scores a touchdown, which is clearly unlike, unlikely to happen, only giving up three touchdowns on the year, that they're not going to have a good game. Yeah. It's, it's tough, man, because there's so many you know, players on by, there's a lot of injuries right now, like, and the big debate kind of uh, across the industry is, is like, okay, is this the week that Jonathan Taylor takes a 60 to 40%, you know, right. snap roll or a 70 to 30, but it's at the end of the day, like, you got to remember these are, you know, football coaches and Zach Moss really hasn't done anything to lose Playing no, time. no, he's earned his playing time. Exactly, clearly. and I, I, I'm promising you that Frank Reich or he's in. Oh, sorry, he's in Carolina now. Not Frank Reich. Um, uh, Stephen, yeah. whatever the hell Steichen. his name is, Stephen. Like he's a football coach. He he doesn't give a shit how much money they pay Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, is he happy? He, he's back. Sure. And you also have to remember he came from the Eagles, who were the king of committee backfields in he, the last couple of years. He does not give two shits how much money they gave him, what's guaranteed, what's not. Like in his mind, Zach Moss has done nothing to lose playing time. 
And I can guarantee you that's how he's thinking about it because that's yeah. how all football coaches are. And it honestly, like, even to the casual fan, if you, you can just, like, kind of compare, like, when you look what Zach Moss has done this season, you would also say, like, there's no reason, even though John Taylor is back, that he should lose carries and touches because yeah. he's been a really good running back so far this year. Exactly. So, and, and that's how he's going to approach it. Um, so, really, yeah, it, it, they're both a, a tough start. Now, you might be in a position where you have to start them. Like, would you start Alexander Madison or Jonathan Taylor? Neither are great <laughs> options. Um, yeah. Honestly, I think I lean Madison, though, because Cam Akers is less of a factor in the offense than I think a lot of people expect him to be, whereas we know Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss at this point are in a 50-50 split. Would you start uh, James Cook or Jonathan Taylor? Uh, who are the Bills playing? They're playing <laughs> New England. Hmm. Which is another pretty good defense. Yeah. Um, I would probably go with Cook. And the reason being is that they just, I can't remember who they just signed because Damian Harris had the injury. Um, Latavius Murray's there still, but, and they just signed somebody off of the street. Um, but I would expect James Cook to still get the bulk of the carries here. And even with that being said, as good as the, New England defense is they're middle they're middle of the road against running backs. Yeah. So uh, I think James Cook is honestly looking at it as an easy, a much an easy decision to start him over Madison. I feel like Jonathan Taylor is a, a big decision for people this week. Like, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people are going to be forced to start him, but like, you know, Jonathan Taylor or uh, Rashad White or uh, Jaleel McLaughlin. You know, it's like you start right. talking about guys like that, like. Honestly, it's tough. But when I like one, it's the fifty fifty split, but then like let's not forget who they're playing. They're playing the Browns defense right. that is bottling like just bottling up every running back that they're playing so far. Um obviously, I mean even Christian McCaffrey, but even though he didn't play the whole game because of the injury. Um, like even then, like he wasn't on pace for like a, a great game either. He's gonna have a solid game, but it wasn't gonna be a be a great game for him. And so I don't know. I'd almost like you could throw out any starting running back, I feel like, that's going to get the bulk of the carries. Like, we know for sure that's going to happen. I would probably take them over any combination of Zach Moss or Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're probably right uh, there. Um, let's move on to the wide receiver position. Um, I will go ahead and start with my start of the week. At wide receiver is Christian uh, Christian Watson, excuse me, the wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. That's what happens when you're drinking beers and podcasting. <laughs> um, yeah, Christian Watson. I think this is a guy that some folks might be hesitant to start uh, due to, you know, he's only played in two games this week or this year. <laughs> <laughs> two games this he's week. He's doubling up. Yeah, huh? yeah, dude, he's playing baseball. Um, no, two games this year. Uh, the Packers are coming off the bye week, um, but they're playing the Denver Broncos. Um, <laughs> so, which means you start everybody after a week of rest. Um, like he played eighty four percent of snaps um, in what was his second game back this year, right? His second game of the year. Um, 
he, he received seven targets, which led the team and produced 91 receiving yards. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a really good matchup. Um, if the Packers can't really get it going and score some points coming off a of bye week, um, playing a Denver defense who, even though they have Patrick Sertan, they've given up big numbers to wide receiver ones. Like uh, DJ Moore had a big game. Um, obviously Tyree Kill and and the entire Miami offense had a big game. But there's been some players that have made you know big plays uh, and scored a lot of fantasy points against this Denver defense, even with Patrick Sertan, who. I've seen some analysts talking about how he's really kind of had a down year after being touted by some people as the best corner in the league. So I'm not scared to start start Christian Watson. I think he should be started um, in all leagues. I think he has a big game. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't. I mean, one, again, they're playing the Denver Broncos, which are on pace to be the worst defense in history. Um, I guess it's all fat. I mean, they're giving up everybody. Um, I mean, to receivers, running backs, tight ends, like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Everyone's going off against them. Right. Um now, they're, like you said they're tanking for uh old painted fingernails. No, Caleb Caleb Williams. Um I mean that'd be crazy. At least if you do that, I mean is there a quarterback controversy next year if you do that? Like going like in training camp? Uh well, I looked into, like, I don't think they can get rid of Russell Wilson. They can't. It's not um, until the following offseason where, like, he's tradable. Yeah. There's way too much money um, given to him. Like, I, you're talking about still, I think, even next year, like, 40 to $50 million in, like, dead cap. Right. It was a insane amount. I can't remember exactly, but too much for them to pay, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, obviously, the team that they have built right now in Denver is not going to no. work <laughs> no they're bad um so the one thing i mean obviously the the one deal about starting christian watson is that patrick sertan his numbers are still great this year um and they do tend to use him in a follow type corner where they just line him up against number one receiver on the other team yeah and so he will probably be following christian watson a lot um which could end up hurting him uh or watson's you know fancy output but with that being said, overall there's gonna be there's gonna be you know a portion of the game where Watson is not being covered by Sertan, mm-hmm. and, and and in those portions of the game he's probably gonna go off. Yeah. Um. And with that being said, too, I would say Romeo Dobbs is also an excellent start this week. I, I think so too. the The biggest question mark here with the Packers wide receivers is Jordan Love, who's been mostly good, mostly. Yeah, but pretty inaccurate down downfield. Yeah. They've been throwing the ball a lot, and I mean that was his problem coming out of college, though, too. And they scored a lot, a lot of touchdowns early on in the year, which kind of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Propped his fantasy, yeah, uh, I mean, he production. Was throwing, I mean, he threw like three touchdowns, like he was throwing a lot of touchdowns for the amount of passes he was actually throwing. The ratio of touchdowns was extremely high. Yeah. Um. And that kind of propped his his fantasy production up. And as soon as those touchdowns go away, it's like, oh shit, you know, uh, we're gonna have some bad games. And look, I'm a, I've literally bought Packers stock. I watch every single play. <laughs> um, he's been inaccurate down the field. 
Yeah. He's also thrown six picks in the last three weeks, he's, which is not great. He's definitely started out hot and was getting away with some things, I think, and that is that is caught up to him. So I'm a little bit worried about that. I'm hoping, you know, hey, you you just had – they played on a Thursday and then had a week off. So you have as, as long as a break as you can possibly have in a NFL regular season. And you're playing against the Denver Broncos who give up a shit ton of points. You <laughs> you got to yeah. come out and have a, a good game. Yeah, and Otherwise, also, we're in a lot of fucking trouble. <laughs> like, it's also nice. Jordan Love is also has ran a couple touchdowns in. So even though he's thrown, he's thrown the six picks in the last three games, in two of those games, he was still a starting quarterback. Um, up until last uh, last week against, or not last, two weeks ago now against the Raiders, he had at least 18 points in the first four games of the year. Last And then against the Raiders, he only had uh, about eight points. But up until that point, like, he was great even yeah. even with throwing the picks because he, he was still finding ways to get into the end zone and giving you extreme fantasy production right and so and even that, if that's the case i mean he can still throw a pick but if he runs one in it basically negates the pick completely yeah 100 percent. so All right. uh my start of the week i'm gonna go with brandon Ayuk, and much like most of his career he's been very up and down this season he's had huge games of 29 points and then low games of five points. Yeah. And it's super frustrating, up and down, up and down, up and down. But this week, as we mentioned earlier, uh, the Niners are playing the, the Vikings. The Vikings defense is not great. If Brock Purdy's a, a good start of the week, Brandon Ayuk should be as well. Yeah. Especially 100%. when you when you factor in the in that Debo Samuel might not play this game because of the shoulder injury. Yeah, and I, I honestly I don't think he does. Like I have more confidence in Christian McCaffrey playing than Debo. I kind of feel the same way, actually. Um, and I understand, like, sure, if Debo doesn't play, there's that's more attention towards Ayuk. But I still think they use him in such a great way and put him in places for him to succeed that he's going to be the highest target share on the team. And at least for the receivers, maybe Christian McCaffrey, if he does play, actually could get a higher, higher target share because that's what Christian McCaffrey does. Right. But out of his receivers and tight ends, I still expect Ayuk to have a much higher target share than anybody else. And if that's the case, if he's just getting his opportunities, he's going to produce for you and should put up receiver one numbers. No, I mean, you know, Brock Purdy's my start of the week at quarterback. Brandon Ayuk is his best receiver. So I like that pick. I like the pick, Tyler. I like the pick. <laughs> All right, um, <clears throat> moving on to our sits of the week at wide receiver. Um, I got one that uh, maybe is a little obvious, but there might be some people that are still, for whatever reason, trying to rely on Jerry Judy, the Denver Broncos wide receiver, um, who has been circling NFL trade rumors. I think, honestly, I think the Denver Broncos do – trade him away i think the only reason he's been playing and receivers who actually make plays like barvin mims have not been playing is because they do want him they do want to trade him away and they need him to produce something so that they get more trade value uh but yeah jerry judy if if you're still on the fence about starting him um you shouldn't be um you know I don't know if any of us were really high on Jerry Judy coming into this season. I know I certainly wasn't. I, I play in a lot of leagues. 
and I do not own Jerry Judy in any of them, um, including best ball. You know, um, there is something super off with the chemistry here. Uh, I, in my opinion, I don't think Jerry Judy's as good of a receiver as he was touted coming into the league. It's been like three years now. He was a first-round draft pick. And we just haven't seen anything. So um, if he's not traded in the next couple weeks, I will be pretty surprised. Uh, he's playing the Packers. They've been pretty good against the past. Uh, ninth fewest fantasy points per game to wide receivers. And they've allowed just 125 yards per game to the wide receiver position. So it's going to be another bad week uh, for Jerry Judy, I, I imagine. Yeah, honestly, at this point, I think Judy needs a change of scenery. Uh, I think he needs yeah. to see. I think he needs to go to a new offense. It's clearly not working. Um, I still have hopes for Judy. I think. I mean, I wasn't like super high on Judy coming into the season. I liked him more than Cortland Sutton on the year, and I think that's still the case. Neither one of them are doing anything really. Um, but I think if you you throw Judy into a, just a different offense, maybe one that can utilize his his skill set better. Um, then yeah, then you know the sky's limit. I mean, because he still has shown flashes. Yeah, I mean, he'll get another shot somewhere. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean, it's just what are teams willing to pay for a guy that they drafted in the first round? Yeah, I um, mean, even like last year, I mean, he you know, he was super inconsistent, but he still had games of 18, 13, 15, 29, 14, 21 points like through the last season. So, like, it's not consistent production but he clearly shows he has a skill set that if he can put it all together with a right offense the right quarterback that he could end up being a true number one receiver in this league I think I, I think he's shown enough to know that's going to be the case it's just not happening now I don't think it's gonna happen in Denver um, unless maybe they do get Caleb Williams in the draft <laughs> next year <laughs> yeah um, so my sit of the week is gonna be Mike Evans um, another guy who's a fantasy nightmare in a lot of cases because it's so up and down, but he's been really good so far this year. Um, he's coming off the injury. Um, he ended up did playing last week, but I mean, the hamstring clearly hobbled him. I know he had the 10 targets, but he wasn't himself. He only caught four of them for 49 yards. Uh, the Falcons are actually, again, like this Falcons defense, if their offense could do anything, they would probably, <laughs> they probably only have one loss in the year. Come on, Arthur. Like, let's get Bajon the ball. No shit, man. Zero rushing touchdowns. Like, I want to explain that. And it's still like, I swear to God, it's every single week. I just see a clip of Bajon just doing something that other guys in the league can't do. Like, pretty much no one else can yeah. do. It's like him and like CMC, and no one else does what they do. I get, I, you know, I get the whole, I don't want to get this guy hurt, but we know the shelf life on running backs. Yeah. It's low. Even for guys like Bajon, it's they're around. It's a flash, you know what I mean. Like, and your their rookie year, guys like Bajon should have a, and he will have a really good year. You know, when it's it's all not like he's, done. it's not like he's having a bad year. No, but I, but I think everyone feels like he could have more usage. It, and have it a could better be year. like, you know, him and Christian McCaffrey, like yeah, you know, neck and neck. He's like a young Christian McCaffrey that's better <laughs> and <laughs> you know doesn't get hurt as often. Yeah, because absolutely. He's, he's young, so 
Uh, it's crazy to me. Yeah, agreed. But going back to Mike Evans and sitting him against Falcons, this Falcons defense is legit. It really is. Yeah. They are the fourth best defense on uh, on the season against receivers. Um, they are excellent at stymieing opposing wide receiver ones. They've only allowed three top 24 finishes on the season, and the highest receiver against them ended up as a receiver 16. I mean, and you're talking about top 24. You're talking about the top two receivers on every team they've played this year. They've allowed three guys to give you even startable fantasy numbers. Yeah. That's no. how good this defense is. They've been good against receivers, for sure. And the one guy, and the one time they actually did the wide receiver 16 was way back in week two to Jaden Reed, the rookie for the Packers. Yeah. And which is, as we've seen, might be a fluke with Jaden Reed. Yeah. Um, And that's probably mostly because Romeo Dobbs was the wide receiver one in that. And he was still hurt, but he was still coming off the hamstring injury. Yeah. And Christian Watson was out, so like there was no one else to throw the ball to. Yeah. Um. All right. <clears throat> no, I like that pick. It might be hard to sit Mike Evans, though, this week because of all the guys that yeah. are out. But Absolutely. I mean, and again, like it's one of those things like we're saying this, and it doesn't mean that like necessarily you have to sit him no matter what because you might not have a better option. Right. But what we're saying is that like I'm not expecting Mike Evans to give you startable fantasy numbers. He's not going to be a top 24 receiver this week, which is what a starting fantasy receiver is. Right. All right. Uh, my start of the week, uh, maybe a little chalky, but I'm going to go there. And uh, <laughs> Dallas Goddard, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, tight end. Um, pull up my stats here. I was not prepared. But Devontae Smith, obviously not playing. or. Uh, not obviously not playing, but might not play uh, due to uh, an injury that popped up this week. And I just think that will clearly go to, you know, A.J. Brown's probably going to have another big game, as he's been doing all year since the whole sideline incident. But I also think, you know, uh, in the last two games, this Philadelphia offense has made it a point to get Dallas the ball eight plus targets in the last two games. Um, and so uh, high over under in this matchup um, against the Miami Dolphins, Vegas expects a lot of uh, points to be scored. Um, in fact, it's the only game with an over under above 50. And for whatever reason, those guys in Vegas just tend to always know exactly what the hell is going to happen. Hmm. It's interesting. <laughs> It's almost like there's a script or something. <laughs> the NFL script. Also, one of the best commercial like campaigns the NFL has ever put out. Yeah, the yeah. NFL script. It's amazing. They're like, what about an eight doink? <laughs> like, yeah, she's yeah. like, she has like a whole like diagram, like a goalpost and a football, and so it's like doink, 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 doink. Yeah, that could work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but anyways, uh, Dallas should be an absolute must-start, in my opinion, at tight end this week. If you need one that's a little bit uh, riskier, let's do it for the boy, Michael Mayer. Oh. Against the Chicago Bears. Oh, man, if Trey listens to the whole thing, he's going to be so happy. I mean, he's finally getting involved in the offense for the Raiders. Uh, Yeah, he had what, like six or seven targets last week? Yeah, uh, six targets, had five receptions for 75 yards. 
and he's got a great matchup. Bears are allowing the ninth most points to tight ends. Um, so he could be a nice little bye week streaming option at, at tight end. That is Michael Mayer of the Las Vegas Raiders. I like it. A little risky. Also, just because I – it just came to mind because you brought the Raiders. Did you see Devontae Adams' quote this week? No. Devontae Adams said he, – he said the benchmark is not a is not wins and losses. It's about greatness. And people are calling him selfish for that. And maybe it's a little selfish, but, like, that's – it's just – I think it's – I look at more like that's what he expects. He expects – to get the chance to show that he is one of the very best receivers in the league, has been for a very long time, but he's not getting the targets that he's used to getting. And so he can't show how great he is. I mean, honestly, like, he's a Hall of Fame receiver, but you got to give him the goddamn ball. Yeah, but it's also a hilarious thing to say after going to the Raiders. Well, but he went, <laughs> but again, like, and that's that's the thing. The Raiders uh, is fo- it Devontae or is it no 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 because what's the, convenient for you? I mean, he wants to put up numbers. Like receivers, as we know, are the biggest divas in the NFL. Always have been, and in many cases, don't care enough about winning championships. They care about just their stats. But with that being said, the Raiders fucked that whole situation up. Anyways, the whole reason he decided. What, what do we expect them to do? They've but, been they've done nothing but fuck everything. I mean, up for the last true. How many but it's just great. Like the, the whole reason they got Devontae Adams in the first place is because he wanted to play with his best friend and his college quarterback Devontae Adams or yeah, Derek Carr. To be closer to family. Yeah, but uh, he not put, in Green Bay. Like they literally say, like but, him and Derek Carr, are, like best friends. Like they yeah. have a an incredible relationship. The connection is clearly already there. It, just, it you know you didn't need any chemistry. It was already built. Had been built years before when they were at Fresno State together. And then after one season and like ten games, they bench Derek Carr, then ship him out to New Orleans. Like, how do you expect Devontae to feel? Yeah, feel like he should maybe come back home to the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I mean, honestly, I bet no, you. I mean, hey, trade him to the Chiefs, like. Let's fucking go, man. Oh my god. If you Let's get, fucking stir uh, some shit up. Oh my god. You wanna could, spice the script up, NFL? Trade that motherfucker to the Chiefs. Trade Devontae Adams to the Chiefs and let's let's play ball. That offense is not stoppable. <laughs> Did you imagine? No. I mean I would do if I'm running the no. Chiefs, I would do absolutely anything I had to. You know you know I see what like hearing that no the only thing I think of is the Patriots 16-0 season when they had Randy Moss and Gronk. That's yeah. all I think about. Uh, that's and that's probably what would happen. But they, better because Devontae's still, yeah, he relatively he, in his prime. Yeah, versus, more in his prime than Randy Moss was at that at that point. Right, and clearly as a lot more. Um, I can't think of the word, but just like at that when Randy Moss went to the went to the Patriots, I, his worth was super low. Right. He had some really really terrible years for the Raiders. Hmm. Weird. Interesting. Um, and like he had, you know, worn out his welcome completely. Yeah. And then he goes to the Patriots, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, that's like one of the best receivers I've ever seen in NFL history." Right. And that's what Devontae Adams could be. I swear to God, if that <laughs> <laughs> if it happens, I'm basically no Shadamas. But did like, that, does it not make sense? The Chiefs receivers are fucking yeah. terrible. It, yeah, they are. But I mean, the Raiders are never going to trade him in division. Yeah. Well, but honestly, 
as a as a NFL fan, that's a fucking wet dream. Oh my god, that's some Madden shit. All right, <laughs> it is, that is some Madden shit. You're right. Who's your uh, start of the week at tight end? I think that's where we're at, right? Yeah, that's where we're at. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I know we went off on a tangent there. Got a little lost bit. in the Devonte sauce. <laughs> um, my start of the week is gonna be the Moose. Oh, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, he missed Pittsburgh's last game with a hamstring injury, but he had a last week's bye to rest up. He pra- a little worried some though. He practiced fully Wednesday. On Thursday, he practiced in a limited fashion. Uh, that's that could be never a good sign. It could just be rest. They didn't want him to overexert himself. It could be that he reaggravated the hamstring injury. So it's a little worrisome that way. I hope he still plays. Um, but if he does play, I see him having a great game. The Steelers' offense, as we know, has Ugh. been uh, high schoolish. I mean, relying on anything the in the in this Pittsburgh offense just gives me the heebie-jeebies right yeah. now. I mean, I and I I get it, hundred percent. I get it. Um, I know but, we're talking tight ends here, but still, yeah, it's yeah, exactly. I mean, tight ends suck, right? So, I mean, the Muth, as we've seen in the past, can be a extremely good tight end. I think that will happen this week. I to get this offense kind of rolling, they got to target him more. Give. Kenny Pickett, some easy throws across the middle of the field to the Muth, who's going to bring it down regardless of who's coming in at, you know, and try and take his head off. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, I mean, they're playing the Rams, who the Rams secondary, and specifically their safeties and linebackers, are not good. They give up over 12 points a game to tight ends on the season. So it's the uh, third most points in the league. They've also given up the third most touchdowns to tight ends so far on the, on the, on the year. I mean, at this point... To get this offense just in a consistent rhythm, you got to keep the Muth involved. And as long as I do that, he will have a great game. And I actually expect him to find the end zone this week. All right. That's a, that's a, uh, that's a deep pole, it feels like right now, which is weird to say about Pat Fryermuth because I think he's a great player. And I loved him coming into the NFL. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, Pittsburgh's getting Deontay Johnson back. Well, maybe this week as well. He, and he did play. He did practice fully today. So, I mean, it does seem like he should be back. Seems likely that he'll be back. That should help. I mean, clearly he, he helps this offense. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's a uh, Deontay's kind of always been really underrated, in my opinion. I think he's a really good receiver. Well, Great. he had a couple of really good years and then. The Kenny Pickett connection just hasn't yeah. been there, but he creates separation. He's he's talented, um, and he gives at least gives defenses something to think about. Like, yeah. you know, George Pickens is the whatever the popular guy right now. Of course, um, well, I mean, he's the he's talented. the big play threat. You know, Deontay's more your, exactly. He's a big play guy. Yeah, Deontay's your your chain. He's not mover. as polished as Deontay Johnson is as an all overall wide receiver. Yeah. To be able to do it all, essentially, um, you know, George is an incredible athlete and a freak when it comes to you know absurd catches, making big plays. But I mean, he, I mean, you, you can't just so, throw the ball up every play. So many of his NFL plays offense. have been OBJ like in terms of like the catches he comes down with it don't make any damn sense. Yeah, that's cute and all, but like offense has got to move the fucking ball. Yeah, so. <laughs> At some point, you gotta you gotta beat man, and you gotta get open for your young 
basically rookie quarterback. So, anyways, I don't want to get on a tangent here, but that <laughs> offense has been terrible. Um, all right. Sit of the week. Uh, let's wrap it up with our sits of the week at tight end. Uh, mine's going to be David Njoku playing the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Mr. Doesn't know how to start a fire. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, it's a, a fire pit accident from him trying to start the fire. So how much goddamn lighter fluid did he <laughs> dump on that fire before fucking taking a lighter yeah. to it? You know that's exactly what happened. Oh, yeah. I, I almost guarantee it. I mean, let's be honest. He was probably back there with a bunch of friends. They've probably been drinking a little bit, having a good time, not paying attention. He's just like, ah. Doesn't know how to have a fire. Luckily, though. Lesson all, learned. With, with, all being, <laughs> with all that being said, though, I'm glad to hear that he, yeah, he's, he's doing okay. I mean, he literally said like he could have gone blind. Yeah, don't fucking pay and, fire, and, man. And he, it's kind of cool of him too. He posted the pictures of his face, and it's his face and his hands. Really, it might really play into his character, like the big chief. Like he could really look in his hair. He could look pretty <laughs> kind of sick, dude. If he has some like some battle wounds, like I it really could play to his his fucking shtick. Uh, but. <laughs> Anyways, he's my sit of the week for this week at tight end against the Colts. Uh, big name just hasn't done a whole lot, and I don't know if Deshaun Watson's playing or not. Um, no one knows because the only guy that knows is Deshaun Watson. Apparently, he's, <laughs> he's been medically cleared for weeks, just doesn't want to play football, and uh, that's what it is. Uh, Najoku's only had double digits just once this season um, in fantasy points and he's failed to reach 50 yards receiving in any game so I just don't expect uh, I just don't expect him to have a big game there should be better options out there like I would start Michael Mayer over David Njoku I mean especially when you consider that there's sounds like there's a good chance that Sean Watson again does not play he won't play he doesn't want to play. <laughs> I mean, why not him? His his contract's guaranteed, right? Dude, he's rich as fuck. He doesn't <laughs> want to play. <laughs> what do you guys think? Like, he doesn't want to play. Yeah, that's fair. That football is, fair. is not his priority. I I can guarantee you. No, nah, he can pay for all the massages massages he wants. Crazy. Anyways, uh, yeah. So sit, David and Joku. Yeah, that's fair. So uh, this is gonna be a very Hot, spicy take. A hot one. It's going to be a spicy meatball. Oh, shit, dude. Uh, Sit of the week is TJ Hawkinson. Ah, see, you're getting crazy. Uh, Maybe a little bit. I also got confused with the Pat Fryer move start, so I kept writing down that he's playing the Steelers this week. He's not. He's playing the Niners. Did you get your starts and sits mixed up here? Nope, nope, nope. Uh, I just, uh, you know. I might have had a few, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, now for all purposes here, obviously you're not going to just fly out sit T.J. Hawkinson, right? I mean, you you can't. There's you're not going to just hit him for some random guy you pick up off the waiver wire. Like I know you can't do that, but I'm just letting you know he's not going to have his typical game this week against the Niners. 
um, realistically on the season, his number four tight end ranking is based off of one game of 22 points. Outside of that, he's hasn't surpassed eight points in a, in a game. Now, most weeks, yeah, eight points is actually uh, uh, tight end one numbers. Mm. To not have another better way of saying it, um, officially it's 7.2 points per game on average if you remove that that big game. Um, but against the Niners, the Niners are giving up less than six points a game to tight ends. They've only given up one touchdown. I mean, I just don't see how Hawkinson's going to possibly give you tight end one numbers. Now, again, I'm fully saying I understand. You can't sit TJ Hawkinson. I, I understand this. If I had TJ Hawkinson on my team, I wouldn't sit him either. I'm just telling you, he's going to be outside the top 12 for you this week. Man, if the Minnesota Vikings have a big game <laughs> against the 49ers. We're sitting a lot of Vikings. We might just have to hang up the mics and uh, and, and call it a wash. Cause There's a lot of sits here. I have Cousins as a sit. I have Madison as a sit. And you have Hawkinson. So... I mean that's well, let's come just, on Niners. Let, let's, just, let's just call it the <laughs> just. This is the Justin Jefferson effect. Yeah, uh, he makes the entire offense go, and when he's not there to attract all the attention, no, no one else can p- can pick yeah. up for it. That's what we're going with. No, and I really think it is, and I, honestly, I think it's a kind of the perfect storm of like shit happening to just lead to a 49ers dominant victory. Like they lost to the Browns and PJ Walker last week. Yeah. They're they're gonna want to come out and make a statement. Um, and they're at home. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna, it could get ugly really quick. Did not look great last week without Justin Jefferson, and they haven't had to really play a game without him in a, in a long time. And this offense did not look great. Uh, arguably the best defense in the league. If the Vikings come out and have a big game, then football's fucked, and uh, <laughs> and and no one can predict it. So. It's a it's a very unpredictable sport. So, um, all right, let's get to the uh, highlight of the week. What's that? Stinkies defense of the week. Do we have one? Oh wait, no, he didn't do any starts. starts (laughs) We don't have one. (laughs) I I obviously missed the memo. So everyone who was expecting that, if that is the highlight of this episode. I'm sorry, it's not here. Yeah. If you do go back and listen to the waiver wire episode, he did give you someone he thought you could pick up off the waivers to at, be at your start. I honestly don't remember who that is. It might have been the Commanders. <laughs> it might have been the Jaguars, who already played. So, yeah, so. Uh, I honestly, Which I, would it almost was a good pick until yeah. the. I mean, they, they did. They did. They have a defensive touchdown. So either way, they still end up having a decent game. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So. Go back and listen to that because we can't. I, I can't tell you who it was. I wasn't listening, just uh, like yeah. you guys I probably mean, weren't either. They, so. st- they 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 still gave you ten points tonight, which is a very solid week for a defense. For if sure. you chose the Jaguars. Um. All right. Well, that'll do it for our starts and sits of the week. Uh, we appreciate you all very much. Uh, for listening. Um, Thank you, thank you. And uh, if you could follow us on the Twitter at the FF Fathers or the Instagram or both, and uh, both is preferred. Yeah, both would be preferred. <laughs> also, five star ratings are preferred. So, uh, preferably, prefer five stars. All right, that'll do it. We'll see you all next week. 
Um, good luck this weekend. Hit us up again on the socials at the FF Fathers if you have any starts and sit questions. Or if you just want to say, what up, dude? Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> oh,